0: Welcome to another episode of Should You Take Back Case with your host, Lisa Wade, your friendly neighborhood legal nurse consultant, owner of Wade Nurse Consultants, and creator of our private LinkedIn community, the Attorney Medical Record Resource Group. That is where we get all of our stellar attorney guests. The goal of our show is to be a resource for legal professionals who pursue medical cases by sharing their experience and insights as defense or as plaintiff attorneys. You can catch prior episodes at www.WadeNurseConsultants.com slash blog on LinkedIn and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Now, here's the host of Should You Take That Case, Lisa Wade.
1: Hello. We are live. That's good. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Welcome. friends and uh, LinkedIn group members and anybody that was invited to see us today, welcome back to our third episode of Should You Take That Case? And we're going to have a good time here today with our friend and member of our attorney medical record resource group at LinkedIn, Aaron Hicks. He is a lively guy. And uh, we're gonna talk to him today and gain some information and insights into how he manages those medical, medically related cases that come across his desk. But first I want to say hello and welcome any friends or members that are here with us today live. I have invited as always, the members of our attorney medical record right resource group, if you are an attorney or a member of our group, you can put an A in the chat, either live or during the replay. And I'm also a member of women owned law, who I also invited. And if you are a woman uh, entrepreneur or a member of women on law, please put a W in the chat. So we can say hello to you, do that live, or even at the time of our replay. And once again, welcome all of you to our weekly live show, Should You Take That Case. I am, if I haven't said so, Lisa. I, Lisa Wade, I'm a legal nurse consultant and owner of Wade Nurse Consultant and the creator of our LinkedIn community attorney medical record resource group and if you had any questions about joining or uh, being a part of our LinkedIn group, I'm going to leave all of that information in our YouTube description area. And you can just look us up. See if that's a group that you would be happy to join. And I love the Shanita. Hi, Shanita. Thanks for coming. It's good to have you. And Shanita is one of those women entrepreneurs and a veteran viewer of our third week at uh, Should You Take That Case. So now Shanita and our live viewers and our replay viewers, I'm going to introduce to you our guest today. Aaron Hicks is a civil trial attorney and founder of Hicks Law Firm where he represents plaintiffs in personal injury cases, resulting in traumatic brain injuries, catastrophic injuries, complex regional pain syndrome, and wrongful death. Originally from Nashville, Tennessee, Mr. Hicks now resides in Orange County, California, and handles cases all over California and Tennessee. Mr. Hicks, is an executive officer of the Orange County Trial Lawyers Association and has been selected as a Super Lawyer for 2020 and 2021, as well as Best Lawyers in 2021. And now I introduce to you, bring you Alan Hicks. hope oh, we did it. <laughs> oh,
2: everybody. <laughs>
1: Aaron, I'm so glad to, to have you. Thank you for, for ke- being here today and spending time giving us some um, insights on, on you and the work you do.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, well, I'm going to uh, jump in and ask you some questions about the, those medical cases that you take. But before we do that, we want to hear from you. We want to hear... A little bit about your journey to become the attorney that you are
2: well um you know i can i think i wanted to be a lawyer since i was a kid um as far as i can remember remember back um, we had a family member uh, excuse me a family friend that was a an attorney in nashville and he would always help out our family and friends of ours with just problems here and there and really got me interested in um, getting into the law. I I really looked up to him as a mentor, really respected what he did, just helped everyone. He was always the guy that could help you with your problems. So uh, all throughout school, high school, all that I can remember, I wanted to be a lawyer uh, up through college, um, got a little bit of a derail in college by uh, partying a little too much. And uh, so my my grades suffered a bit. my parents weren't too thrilled about that, but I I finally got it back on track and got through. And uh, when I graduated from college, I, I still wanted to go to law school, but I didn't know if I was going to be able to get in with my GPA. So I uh, went out and worked for a couple of years, renting cars from Enterprise Rent-A-Car, and decided to uh, take the LSAT after about the first year working there. But I remember specific- You look
1: familiar. Amongst- you look familiar. <laughs>
2: But the, the, Yeah, uh, I remember specifically one summer in Knoxville, it was, uh, it was Knoxville, Tennessee. It was super hot outside and I was washing a car and uh, they made us wear suit and ties to rent cars at Enterprise. And I remember getting my tie sucked into one of those vacuums when I was cleaning out the car. And it just really made me mad. I said, that's it. I'm going to law school. And so I I started applying to law schools, and I got into a law school in San Diego, an ABA approved school, and uh, went out and I just took the took the first school that would take me, got in my car, drove across country, not knowing a soul, and moved to California. And uh, my original intention was to return to Nashville and work for that mentor. He had kind of guided me through the LSAT process, and I would clerked for him, I believe, uh, a couple of summers during undergrad. And met my wife in San Diego. And you know what they say, you you, you know, wh- wherever the wife uh, wants to live, that's where you're going to live. And so I, I stayed in California and wound up taking the California bar. And um, that's where I started my practice.
1: Hmm. Well, good. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah. I, I love
2: that.
1: My wife that. <laughs> that. It's very cool. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I, I'm so glad that, um, you know, Knoxville, that I wondered, Knoxville, Tennessee to to, to California—that's a big jump.
2: Oh, I it always, you know, I always wanted to live in, in California for a little while. And I, I figured that um, law school would be a good time to to live there for three years and then return home. Uh, originally from Nashville, but I went to school in at University of Tennessee in Knoxville, which is about two and a half hours east of Nashville. But I, you know, I, I got to tell you, I love California, and um, I, I've actually been um, sworn into tennessee bar as well and i worked there for about a year back in 2013 and decided to come back to california i just you can't beat the weather uh and just the lifestyle i love it here and i, I, I can't see myself leaving again
1: well i couldn't see you leaving either after the snowstorms we've had in Pennsylvania. I yeah definitely, uh, i understand where you're coming
2: from that's true uh,
1: well next i just want to try and uh find out about those medical cases that you take if you could share with us what hot factors go in to you deciding if you should take that case or send it out to somebody else or refuse it
2: yeah well um you know i'm a solo practitioner i started my firm in january of last year uh, right before the the worldwide pandemic struck so i recommend if you start your practice try not to do it right before a pandemic hits um but I screen every case that comes into my office now. And most of my cases that come in are referral based from other lawyers that um, you know either don't do personal injury or just the case may be smaller than they want. Uh, I take cases all across the board. I take small tissue cases all the way up to wrongful death cases. So uh, when that case comes in, I do the screening of the cases. Unlike at, at my old firm, I would just be assigned a case and uh, I would work on that case. So, a couple of things that I look into are, uh, number one, the liability in the case. So, I typically will have the person go through and tell me what happened in the accident and see if we can establish a clear liability or if there might be a split liability, uh, some fault on behalf of the plaintiff and the defendants. And then I look at their, the amount of their injuries. And so, oftentimes, you know I may get a call and it's a, a clear liability, rear-end accident, the plaintiff, uh, my client, is not at fault, and their injuries just aren't that substantial, it might be a soft tissue type case, then I'll still take that case uh, because I know that I've at least crossed off one of the elements that I have to prove is liability. And then it just becomes a damages case. And there's also other cases that I look at, they'll call me and the plaintiff may be primarily the one, you know, mostly at fault in the accident, but they have huge injuries so in California you can still recover uh, even if you are found partially at fault you can recover for those injuries uh, obviously the jury verdict would be cut accordingly according to whatever the jury finds against your your client or against the defendant but so it really just depends but I look at the liability aspect and the injuries those are the, those are the biggest things
1: well it sounds like you take a wide variety of cases and uh being a solo practitioner sounds like you know, you, taking taking cases is what you have to do. So uh, I'm so glad that you're here sharing that with us today. Yeah. And my next question, as always, with those kinds of cases come medical records. Is there a process, if you have one, that you use to manage those records consistently? Your screening or the
2: records. Sure. So initially on the first phone call, uh, if the person just been in the accident within the last week or so, they typically don't have any medical records, maybe a discharge summary from the hospital. Uh, That's about it. They don't have a lot of records. But if it's been a case that they've been sitting on for a while, just deciding whether or not they should call the lawyer, I will typically have them send me their medical records and I'll take a look at them. And if they're not too big, I will go through them myself. If they are voluminous, I will certainly bring on someone to do a record review for me, someone you know, like a legal nurse such as your company, uh, or I may just call an expert and get a free consultation. I may call up, you know, if I have an orthopedic injury, I'll call up an orthopedic expert and say, hey, here's the case that I have. Is this a case that you can help me with? Is this a case that uh, I'm gonna be able to prove was caused by the accident? But it really just depends on the the sophistication of the records oftentimes the records may not be very long but i just don't understand what some of the medical terms are I'm not a doctor i'm a lawyer so i would rather have a professional like yourself review those for me and just tell me what it means because i come across cases all the time that i see a diagnosis or an injury i've never seen before and so i need some help from an expert or a consultant like yourself to guide me and let me know is this something that i can prove
1: well definitely at your disposal (laughs) if uh, if anything like that comes up um what and you mentioned already that uh sometimes a small amount of records a large amount it's just sometimes just not understandable is that the the most frustrating uh thing to, to to that you encounter or is it getting records or
2: yeah, uh, yeah there, there's a few different things uh, that I don't like about that. The one is the volume of records. If you know, I got some records the other day that were two thousand pages, and you know, going through that, it's very time consuming. when you're working on your own, you're taking time away from the rest of your cases, phone calls, emails, letters, whatever you have to be doing to go through medical records. Your money. And your time is better well spent hiring someone to go through that. And, uh, and I've hired uh, record review companies to go through those that will actually summarize and tell me what's going on. Because as you know, Lisa, a lot of these hospital records, maybe half of the pages in there are don't really have a lot of relevant information in there. They may just have their health insurance information or uh, things about their blood work. I'm really wanting to focus on the actual injuries. Tell me what the... MRI show, the x-rays, the uh, physical examinations, the diagnosis. That's what I want to see. So it's really better spent if I hired someone to go through those for me and summarize it. Now, oftentimes what happens in those is once the summary is done, I'll go back through and cross check myself just to make sure that everything's lining up. I've had instances where things got missed uh, that I thought was really important. And so I'll go back and, but it's certainly helpful to get a company like yours to help the the attorney with that. Another really big problem I have with are some of the uh, doctors that have been around for a long time are still handwriting their notes. Mm -hmm. And so I'll order some of those medical records. And I typically do that through a medical retrieving company. They'll, They'll get those records for me. I'll get some of these records that are handwritten. I have no idea what it says. And so a lot of times I have to call the doctor's office and talk to their assistant and say, Dr. Smith said on this visit, I can't read this. Can you get this for me? They'll have to go back and ask the doctor what he says. And it's really a pain in the butt. So the volume and the handwritten notes, my biggest step peeps.
1: And uh, definitely I can understand that. Uh, so also next question is what advice would you give a new or veteran attorney when those cases come across their desk? Uh, I know you mentioned viability. Uh, it's a big issue, the injury itself. But is there any other advice that you'd give them uh, that could help them decide if they should or shouldn't take that
2: case? Yeah, well, I've been doing this for, I'm going on my 17th year now. And so I've seen a lot of cases, but, you know, I get cases like medical malpractice cases, workers' compensation cases that refer to me a lot. And I don't take those cases because I'm, frankly, I'm not, experienced enough to handle those. And the clients that are looking for a lawyer, it's it's in my best interest and the client's best interest to refer them out to someone that actually does this all the time. So, and I would say the same thing about a newer lawyer or a veteran lawyer that's taking on a PI case. Um, oftentimes, you'll see a new lawyer get a huge PI case dropped in their lap and they may not realize the value of it or how to handle it. And a lot of times these cases are very expensive to handle. And so these new lawyers right out of law school taking the bar may not have the money to adequately represent the client by using experts. Um, So my advice to someone like that is reach out to some of these larger firms in your areas uh, who have been around for a long time, that have good results. They will help you finance these cases. Just bring them on on a referral fee uh, split. Uh, there, there, There's agreements that you have to obviously have the client sign off on, but you can do a, a fee sharing agreement with a firm. They'll help you prosecute that case civilly and get a good outcome for that client. Rather than you try to wing it yourself with no money, you're actually hurting the client. As far as the senior lawyers go, I see a lot of senior lawyers that maybe have been doing this 30 or 40 years. They may not necessarily take personal injury cases all the time, but they think it's easy. And so they'll go into, oh, this is easy. This is a PI case. I can handle this. And I've taken over a few cases from lawyers that have been doing this a lot longer than I have. And frankly, they just haven't done a good job on it. So take a case that you're competent at and that you know you're going to be able to adequately represent the client. Don't think just because you've been doing this for 30 years that you're going to be able to do a PI case. Get it to the right person. Just like a med mal case. I would not take that. I, I mean, could I handle it? Sure but the client would be best suited me sending it off to a good med mal lawyer that I know in the industry.
1: Oh, that sounds like good advice. You know, uh, you mentioned the uh, the extent of the injury, being a, an issue, the uh, liability, and finding the right person for the right job.
2: That's right.
1: Definitely good advice that you're giving here, Aaron, and I am going to open up for any questions and answers that anybody might have. Oh, oh, Shanita also said that California, I missed that. Yes, good weather.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I will say today though, it was raining and in the 50s. So it's rare, but it it does get in the 50s here sometimes.
1: (laughs) So while anybody is getting together, any questions that they might have for Aaron? getting ready to put them in the chat sure. comments box. We're gonna take time for a very tiny, what we might call sponsor break, that has done. And that is, um, we spent time here with Aaron who definitely gave good advice for new and, and veteran attorneys managing medical cases. And he's mentioned that having uh, an expert with medical records might be helpful in making those decisions. And we here at Wade Nurse Consultants are available for that kind of thing. We are setting up a free 15, 20 minute medical record strategy call where you'll talk to us, we'll evaluate what you're doing now, what your process is for managing those medical case screenings and reviewing those records. Uh, check your satisfaction with that and help you to develop a more consistent and cost-effective manner to handle them so i'm going to leave that information that uh, in our youtube description but also put it up right now get to my email address lisa at com. Let me know that you want to have that 15, 20 minute call, free call to talk about your strategy for dealing with medical records and how we can help you with that. And we'll schedule a time to talk. War well, back to Aaron and our question and answers. Let's take a look. If we have any any questions about personal injury or um, cases or handle in those cases and we don't have any at the moment but that doesn't mean they
2: can't come i must have answered everyone's questions
1: you did you did a stellar job but <laughs> you did so uh what we'll do is we'll have a replay and in the replay if anybody adds any questions or uh, uh comments to the uh, comment box We'll get that over to Aaron and he can answer those questions for you.
2: Yeah, be happy to answer any questions. Excellent. Um, I I just want to say I I know we talked about this briefly right before we went on, but in the area, uh, the era of COVID now, you don't need an expert down the road from you. Like Lisa's in Pennsylvania, I'm in California. Um, With the Dropbox and Zoom, you can hire consultants and experts and nurses to help you all over the country. You don't need to hire someone out of your backyard. So um, I told Lisa, I actually have a, a couple of cases that I'm gonna be running by her now, but this is a great group and I encourage everyone to pitch in, we're all in this together to help everyone uh, understand what we're doing and, and to better assist the clients. Well,
1: thank you. That is It's, it's wonderful that that you are here It's wonderful that you are part of our attorney medical record resource group at LinkedIn. If you have any questions that pop up a sentence or a few words that uh, you can't quite figure out, maybe if you just had a little help, just put that in our chat at the attorney medical records resource group. Let me put them. That's right there. Okay. And, uh, they're, uh, the contact information the link to reach us that'll be in the description box on youtube so take a look there and look us all or join us
2: yeah and lisa if you would like feel free to you can put my email address on the uh youtube box if anyone has any questions they can reach out to me directly as well
1: and your name and your contact number, contact information, will be there.
2: Perfect. So I
1: think I think we've done it this this week. I and I think you've get, given wonderful, helpful, and coherent advice. <laughs> and and I'm so glad to have you. And let's um, meet again. Are you going to come back? I'll be back. Yay! I would love that. So. Fried. Keep all your interesting cases at, at hand, and then something good and needy we could discuss <laughs> next uh, next time we meet. That sounds good. So thank you again for for showing up. And if you um, have any questions for for Aaron or for me, uh, look at the description box in YouTube. Get our contact information and give us a call. And thank you again, Aaron, for participating.
2: Thank you so much for having me. And
1: we'll see everybody on our next episode next Monday, by 15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.
0: To should you take that case? Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Should You Take That Case with your host Lisa Wade, your friendly neighborhood legal nurse consultant owner of Wade Nurse Consultants, and creator of our private LinkedIn community, the Attorney Medical Record Resource Group. That is where we get all of our stellar attorney guests. The goal of our show is to be a resource for legal professionals who pursue medical cases by sharing their experiences and insights as defense or as plaintiff attorneys. You can catch prior episodes at www.WadeNurseConsultants.com blog on LinkedIn and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Thank you for subscribing to our YouTube channel and sharing this show with others.